This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and this is episode 105. And in tonight's show, Beacon Technology, Next Gen EdTech Leaders, Real Impact in EdTech, and How Schools Can Maintain Student Safety Without Compromising Privacy. And our featured segment is Three Ways to Be Re-Energized for Next Semester. Joining us tonight, Google Certified Educator, my co-host, Christy. Welcome to the show. Hey, Ricky. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, I'm glad to be back because uh, last week we did miss and I've been making some studio updates and uh, it's not fully functional, but it's functional enough to record this week. So we're good to go. And I'm excited about that. And I'm also excited for winter break, as I know you are Um, all teachers. I feel like we have this commonality. Anyone who works in education just loves this winter break time. And also, my family has a few fun traditions that I'm looking forward to. I was curious if you had any traditions that you're either looking forward to or perhaps not looking forward to. <laughs> That's so true, right? The holidays, things you're not looking forward to. But no, most of mine, uh, I am looking forward to. Most of my family traditions re- revolve around food, though, whether it's a certain type of dessert or a certain meal tradition. So um, mostly around food. What about you? Well, we recently started, now it's about four years old, we started a, we spend Christmas Eve, Eve with my sister's family, because she spends Christmas Eve and Christmas with her husband's family. And we have a huge competition and we win what's called a quasi cup, which is a hybrid of both of our last names. We play a bunch of different games, board games, dice games, all sorts of fun games that pretty much everyone in the family can can play. And there's a point system. So everybody who wins first place gets a point, second place all the way up. And then whoever gets the most points gets to take the cup home, keep it and decorate it with something. So it's pretty cool. But I do have some sad news. In its four-year history, that cup has never made it back to my house. And I'm upset about this. I'm very competitive. I don't like it at all. That's pretty awesome. The Quaza Cup. Um, what's the favorite game you guys play? Oh, you know, it's Pass the Pigs. Oh, Pass the Pigs. That's an unusual one. Yeah. Have you played Pass the Pigs? <laughs> yes. Yes, we have Pass the Pigs in our house. <laughs> yeah, any dice or rolling game. I mean, listen, we have some younger kids in the family, and I think my son may, you know, first jump, get his feet wet with the Quaza Cup this year. So anything that's sort of easy to do for kids is, is sort of what we do. But we enjoy it, and we have a great time. Yeah, that's an awesome tradition. In order to begin our break, as we are both excited to do, we must first begin with the EdTech News Rundown. In our first story, EdTech Magazine explains how Beacon Technology can help improve student engagement. If you're unfamiliar with Beacon Technology, it basically allows smart devices to be detected and interacted with, usually through Bluetooth technology. Universities like American University are using this technology to alert and direct students to campus activities going on nearby, and they can also be used for safety announcements. And there are many possibilities with this technology, and universities and even K-12 should be exploring it if they haven't already been exploring it. Well, that sounds interesting and a little bit scary, and I look forward to talking about that more perhaps later in this segment. Yes, Our next story from EdScoop tells us that the Consortium for School Networking and EdScoop are calling on U.S. school district leaders to nominate promising individuals making a difference in K-12 education technology. There are some specific requirements for this this award, like being a member of the consortium. You can nominate someone else or yourself, but nominations need to be in by January 14th, which is coming up soon. Yeah, and I'm guessing that at least a few of our listeners would qualify for this. For sure. 
All right. Forbes gives us an interview with Roy Ellis, the founder and CEO of Upteach and a leader in the EdTech space about making real impact in EdTech. He says there are two types of data-driven EdTech. The first aims to empower teachers with data-driven insights. That sounds pretty good. And the second basically minimizes the teacher's role and relies on data-driven algorithms to deliver an optimal stream of instruction interventions directly to students. That seems almost fake. Here at EdTech Weekly, we prefer to call that the good type and the bad type, respectively. Uh, even a mix of the two learning, uh, you know, leaning a little bit more heavily on empowering teachers would be okay with me. But if you want to see the rest of that interview, we'll put up a link in the show notes. Yeah, that sounds like something from Star Wars with the dark side of data. But I'm yeah. with you. Where is it in the middle? Always, right? Some sort of balance. Our last story tonight is from EdTech Magazine, and it is about how K-12 schools can maintain student safety without undermining student privacy. We are in a time with technology where it is possible to get more info about students than we should really have. While we certainly can't have students being allowed to get into the dark web content in our classrooms, we also don't need to be over-policing them and searching to find problems that aren't there. They give three pieces of advice from experts on monitoring content. Number one, inform students and parents up front about the type of monitoring you'll be doing. Number two, maintain strict protocols. Don't dig deeper than your protocols say. And number three, don't go on fishing expeditions, as tempting as it could be. If we make sure that protocols are set up to protect students in every way possible, then all should be okay. Yeah, I mean, it should be, but you always have to worry about, and what I always worry about is those lone wolves that have the ability to access and search for this data and you know, I, I'm sure we've all worked with someone, probably even if we're not in education, but in K-12 especially, that, you know, are a little more enthusiastic than they need to be about catching people doing something wrong. I had somebody who is in my mind right now who I will not m mention the name of, but he would walk at graduation up and down the aisles just looking at kids, looking to see to just catch them doing something wrong so that he could take them out. And it's like it's a it's not it's unnecessary but you know as long as we stay in the within the protocols it'll be fine but i do worry about people having the ability to go above and beyond just to cause problems yeah for sure you know people that do that just you know to catch someone like that we don't want to see that yeah and that could be another breakdown segment as well or perhaps its whole own show but for the breakdown today, I thought it would be good to kind of talk a little bit more about that Beacon Technology article. Um, I'm guessing many may not know how it works or even less have probably used it or, or known that they have used it because they've probably used it before. So assuming someone has no idea what Beacon Technology is, how would you sum it up? Well, I guess basically there's a device that is actively looking for Bluetooth. And when someone with a Bluetooth device, with Bluetooth active gets in the area, the beacon sends its ID to that device and it initiates an action if the device has an app or the right operating system, depending on what's going on with that particular thing. If you've ever walked into a store like the Apple store and got a welcome notification or a sale notification, then you've definitely experienced beacon technology. Yeah. And when I was looking into this, I found that there are actually hundreds of stores that use this technology to target their customers. What about privacy concerns, especially as we consider using this in schools? Yeah, we always have to come back to that, don't we? I mean, there are some things to be concerned with, but not any more than any other app on a student device. So I would think the same level of protocol that you're hopefully already using with any other apps or any other devices, 
Um, the, the big things is that it should be opt-in. You shouldn't be forcing students to be a part of this if they don't want to be, um, especially, you know, it's ultimately a student or parent decision for that data and where they are, if their location is something that, you know, they want other people to know about. Even if it is in, within a school, it's still something that's their own information. So make sure whatever the app is has a privacy policy, a data usage, what are they going to do with that data, and all the things, again, that we should be looking at already. Yeah. Are you guys using this at your university? We aren't. Um, we've talked about it, especially within the library. My office happens to be in the second floor of the library. Coincidentally, it's not really related to the library. But um, yeah, I mean, we've thought about how it would be kind of cool to alert them of things going on in the library or study rooms being available and maybe being able to just uh, book a study room right from there because that's one of the higher things that happens. And I definitely, I've, I've talked about it. And I'd like to pursue it further. Uh, it, it, it requires a lot of things to happen in order to make that go, but I, I'd like to try it for sure. Yeah, I'm interested to see if you start using it and how it goes. Yeah, and there are a lot of people to convince to make something like that happen. But I, hopefully, I'd love to see it happen, and I, we could report back at that point if, if it started happening. All right. Well, if you're interested in Beacon Technology, we will be featuring it on edtechweeklyshow.com with links for you to research more if you'd like. So now, Ricky, our last segment, let's get to the lowdown. Yeah, well, so as much as we talked about it even before we recorded, like how excited it is to be on a two-week break we still have to kind of get to the realization that that two-week break will be over and we have to be ready to go. And a lot of times I remember when I taught, and I don't have that same experience now as, as not being a teacher, but when I was working in K-12, I remember just dreading going back and not having energy. So I thought it would be really cool to just kind of go through a list of three ways to help get you energized for the new semester um, and let's just get started with the first one. And, and this may sound bad, but get your life in order. That's the first one. Um, it sounds bad, but it's really impossible to be energized and focused on your job, especially teaching. If you feel like things in your day-to-day -day life aren't in a good place. And Christy, I got to be honest, this tip is a little bit more for me than for anyone else because I know I need tasseless, a clean house, and I need to make sure my life is in order before I can really feel energized to get going to tackle any project. What about you? Yeah, I, I'm with you there. You know, I'm a big believer in checklists and calendars. Um, I don't know how I would survive without them, especially with, you know, a, a very busy and active family, you know, two young kids and a husband, you know, keeping track of our schedules, let alone work schedules as well. So I, I agree, you know, making sure everything's in order. Um, and especially as I leave the office today before going on vacation, you know, I just want to tidy that up, make sure it's ready for me when I get back. So I Absolutely. agree with you. Uh, I think the second way is to surround yourself with people who are energized and motivated to make students a priority. So often we can get sucked into conversations with a lot of negativity, and it really takes work to not go there, to not join in the commiserating, but step back and think, what's really good for kids here? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is this is something that, you know, I learned quickly as a new teacher um, you know, you have this sort of positive energy and then you can start being around people that have been around for multiple changes in administrations and multiple changes in rules and policies. And it can turn into, um, yeah, not, not a positive situation. So it's definitely something that surrounding yourself with people who stay positive and who are focusing on students is always a good thing to do, I would say. Yeah, for sure. All right. And so the last tip, is the best way to be energized in my opinion and that is to focus on things that you're passionate about 
if it's making connections with students, then find ways to do that more. If it's to share your love of your subject matter, then find ways to, you know, bring your personal stories more into it and focus on that as well. Uh, I mean, really, I think that's for more than just teaching. It's just life in general. But whatever you find yourself doing, focus on what part of it you love the most and make it your priority to do that as much as you can. That's so true, Ricky. And I would say things like podcasts for you and I, I think yeah. about, you know, why do we do this? You know, it certainly isn't yeah. because we're being paid to. At least why I do we do this, Christy? Good question. <laughs> Great question. <laughs> but, you know, Ricky, we, we don't miss many weeks, you know, off and on, but it really it is a passion um, that we intentionally set aside time for. And I do, I know you do much more work for the podcast than I do, and I'm grateful to be a part of it. But, you know, EdTech is something I am passionate about. So, you know, I've just found a way to, you know, find someone else who likes that as much as I do. And then hopefully a few listeners maybe do as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, we do. And it's funny that you brought that up because we just had someone, uh, a man named David, who I've mentioned on the show before, he sent us some audio of interviewing some of his teachers talking about EdTech. And I haven't had a chance to go through it completely, but um, we're going to use it in the show. Um, and again, like we just keep connecting with people. And I just interviewed Dr. Honeycutt about um, the flipped classroom. And we're going to go ahead and release that uh, over the break as a like a short sort of little pop up short interview podcast. Um, but yeah, it, I mean, that connection and that passion with people who just, you can tell really like something that they're doing and they just want to be a part of it and they want to help others, which is why I think we're here. So yeah, I mean, these are all good starting points, those three things, but be real with yourself about what it takes to get you in your happy place. And, uh, yeah, that's it. But those three things can definitely be good things to think about and focus on, especially if you find yourself just dreading going back to school as I know I did so often, which is sad because I love the kids, but it was just, it was a struggle. Yeah. Well, thanks for the tips. You know, I'm just starting vacation, so I should remember those in a couple weeks when I head back to work. Yeah. And I think, again, it, those are really just for me. I just need to be ready to go starting <laughs> off after the break, especially with the show, with our big lofty goals of 50,000 downloads and all that kind of stuff. All right. Well, let's get to the social meads. 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 <laughs> I'm so cool. And you know it. Sure, Ricky. You can email us at edtechweekly at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at edtechweeklyshow for the main show and at 4techteachers and uh, at Christy M. Warren on Twitter. That's me. That's right. And our Facebook and Instagram at edtechweeklyshow with no W. And you can follow us for uh, the edtechies, hash edtechies. Again, we're going to put out that Monica Burns giveaway that's still happening. For those of you who are waiting for it, it's coming out soon. And also that subreddit, edtechweekly.reddit.com. And we'd like to thank you all for being a part of the EdTech Weekly world. And we hope you have the greatest holiday season possible. And we'll see you next time on EdTech Weekly. See ya in 2019. Oh, yeah. See you next year. Oh, that's so lame. <laughs>